Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizens Union Foundation. Thanks so much for tuning in here for this episode of the show. I am joined here today by Joanne Yu, the Executive Director of the Asian American Federation. We're going to discuss in just a minute a lot of issues facing Asian New Yorkers, Asian American New Yorkers, and the communities they live in, and the city at large, as well as what is happening around public safety for Asian Americans in New York, the recent increases in hate crimes and bias attacks, racism towards Asian Americans in New York and beyond, and what Joanne Yu, the Asian American Federation and partners are looking for from government. The Asian American Federation is part of a new AAPI equity coalition that has put forth a state policy and budget agenda. And we're going to get into the details of some of that as the Albany budget and policy season is ongoing and underway before the April 1 deadline for a new state budget out of Albany. We'll also talk with Joanne Yu about other things that the Asian American Federation and its partners want from city, state, federal government partners, uh, new and ongoing services provided by the Asian American Federation and its partners and more. So in just a moment, my conversation with Joanne Yu of the Asian American Federation. First, very briefly, if you've missed any recent episodes of the show, you can find them all at Max Politics, wherever you get your podcasts, or we have them all at the Gotham Gazette website. In recent weeks and months, I've been joined by a variety of, of interesting guests. Uh, most recently, I had a conversation with New York City Comptroller Brad Lander, who is now almost two months into that new position and talking about issues related to the New York City budget and finances, nonprofit contracting reform, how the city can improve the delivery of big infrastructure projects, and much more with Comptroller Lander. I also recently spoke with James Merriman, the CEO of the New York City Charter School Center about the growth of charter schools in New York City and the cap on charter schools in the city that has been hit, and much more related to education and the charter school sector in New York City. And we've had a variety of other great guests on the show in recent weeks and months, including a number of the new members of the city council, city council member Sandy Nurse of Brooklyn, who chairs the Sanitation and Waste Management Committee, a really interesting conversation there about issues related to waste uh, recycling and, and so much more. Council members Lynn Shulman, Mercedes Narcisse, and Linda Lee, who chair the city council's committees on health, hospitals, and mental health. I brought all three of them together for a conversation about their priorities, chairing those important city council committees, and a variety of other conversations on things like the cryptocurrency industry in New York, um, the crisis of untreated severe mental illness in New York, uh, the transformation New York's goals for clean energy, uh, implementation, affordable housing policy, and much more. We've spoken with um, some state leaders, some city leaders, and others. So find those wherever you get podcasts at Max Politics or at the Gotham Gazette website. All right, on to today's conversation. Joanne Yu is the Executive Director of the Asian American Federation. Joanne, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So this is obviously a, a very, very difficult time. Uh, every, every time we, we get news updates, there's, a, there's another uh, round of, of news headlines about uh, Asian Americans in, in New York being attacked, uh, these so-called random attacks at times, although they obviously appear 
often to be hate crimes, bias crimes, but you know sometimes we say random because it's it's not somebody who knows the person. Um, but but this is happening uh, all the time now. How are you? First of all, how are you doing? And and how are you sort of thinking about this moment we're in? I mean, kept capture this for us in terms of. Um, how you're thinking about where New York City is right now and these uh, the lack of safety for, for Asian Americans in New York City. Thank you for that question. Um, how am I doing? I am not doing well. Um, I am angry. I am sad. I Just before I came on the show, I was talking to another journalist and I cried. <laughs> mm. And so I think that's a very much... Um, the emotions of my community right now. We're holding a lot in um, and it's been really tough. And you know, tomorrow we are going to be at the rally for Mrs. Ma who passed away. Um, and then you know, we're processing all of that. And then we hear on the news that some guy is out and on Sunday took a little you know, hate, hate spree and you know, beat up seven women. So it is just, we just don't get a break. We're just, it's, you know, it's just nonstop and we're angry, we're frustrated, we're exhausted. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really hard two years. I'm sure, and I'm sorry. Um, how do you, um, what's the sort of sense of, of resolve right now? Obviously leaders like yourself and others are not, giving up, um, you're going, you know, you're releasing agendas and we'll get into the specifics there, but, you know, you're uh, calling for changes, you're rallying, you're holding vigils, you're, you're you know, uh, you're responding. Um, what is the sense of resolve? What is the, um, you know, this is obviously anytime we sort of talk about any large uh, demographic group, it's very hard to paint with a broad brush, but, but how do you characterize overall the sort of sense of resolve and the, and just the sort of, um, the underlying emotional state of, of the Asian American community in New York city. Right now, our community is incredibly, incredibly angry. Uh, we feel ignored. We feel unseen. Uh, you know, there's this crime wave against Asian Americans, uh, but yet there seems to be no solution. We finally met with the mayor this week. Um, I think we met him on Monday. And, mm -hmm. you know, I ask that we have many, many more meetings with the mayor. But right now, um, our community, you know, our temp tempers are running hot right now. Um, and rightly so, because we've had to endure watching really gruesome videos in media for two years and feeling unsafe when we walk out of the house. Uh, parents were refusing to send their kids to school because they're afraid. Seniors are afraid to go out for a walk for all of these reasons. And I hope it's not just the Asian American community that's angry about what is happening. And it's not just Asian American community that's horrified and afraid. I hope it's all New Yorkers when they watch those videos. And I hope everybody's saying, oh my God, how, how do we live in the city like this? Um, you know, I think time for, you know, literally I think time for thoughts and prayers is over. We need to figure out what that action is. And there are some bold asks on the table. Um, and there are actions that we're demanding um, as a community because we deserve to feel safe. And I think, you know, so much of 
this comes from the fact that people don't see us as Americans, right? Um, and exactly what you said, Ben, I really appreciated that. The fact that like, we don't just live in enclaves anymore, right? Mm -hmm. We are 18% of the population. We live, there's 10% of us in at least half the city council districts through, you know, throughout New York City. You know, we are spread pretty, we're spread out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to feel safe anywhere. And people, you know, my biggest worry right now is, you know, for those of us who have the luxury of being, being able to stay home to work, right? What, what about the workers who have to go to work early in the morning, have come home late at night? How are they feeling safe? Um, they have to leave their homes because they need to put food on the table and put a roof over their heads for their families. This is the, this is the question I have. And I, this is a question I have for our leaders. What's yeah. the plan here, guys? Right. And, and so, um, and, and as you said, I mean, people, not only that people have to take their kids to school or, or should be able to take their kids to school and not feel, you know, feel fear and not be questioning whether they're going to take their children to school, um, out of, out of fear of, you know, being attacked on the, on the sidewalk, uh, or in the subway. Um, so, so you uh, were part of a meeting with the mayor. Uh, he he had put that on his public schedule. It was close to the press, but he um, you know put some stuff on social media about having had it. And some of the, the folks who participated also made a few comments here and there. But you just referenced it, and some of the what you said were were bold asks on the table. What what's at the top of that list? What do you what do you go into a meeting? you and your colleagues, what are you going to a meeting with the mayor of New York City right now and saying you need? My bold ask was asking for $30 million um, about for communities of color mental health programs. Uh, with Thrive, there were no investments in the Asian American community. And, you know, and, and our communities, communities of color, there's a stigma about mental health. So people aren't getting the help that they need. And so, you know, people suffer, suffer in silence. And I think this, was, this is what Thrive was supposed to get to. Never happened in my community. Mm -hmm. And so as I watch this, um, that ask comes because this is what the city is, we're, our city is reeling from the violence, right? For the Asian American community, I can't tell you one person who isn't, who hasn't, um, felt episodes of anxiety, people who are crying, my friends who don't work in advocacy, they work in corporate America, right? They're calling me and they're having breakdowns because they said, you know, when do we get out of this? My kids are starting to ask what's going on. I can't even cry at home because, you know, they're asking what's wrong, mom, right? It is our, the Asian American community right now, I, I right now we are all on the breaking point and we are, we are sick of this. And, but we need to talk to somebody and we need to have these investments made because we need to get help on the ground to people before they snap. But it's not just our community. It really has been the communities of color that have been ignored in, in many of these uh, investments. And so um, that was my ask, um, but I wasn't, you know, he's, I'm sure the mayor has heard it because I've put this out there into the mm -hmm. media universe because um, these are desperate times. Our communities are desperate, we're suffering, and we need to speak with one voice to demand the help that they need, that we need right now, and that is the number one help we need right now. And, and Asian New Yorkers need 
more mental health services, um, but also obviously need these violent crimes to stop. Um, what's the discussion around what actions the city government, the state government um, can take? Uh, that, as far as I know, you know, there's sometimes disagreement, right? Within every every community, there's there's often disagreement across the political spectrum on on some of these questions around. Uh, root causes, solutions, police presence, and so forth. What's um, what's your particular uh, perspective, and and what's a little bit of the discussion that happens in a meeting like that with the mayor around how to stop this spate of violence that's really been uh, intensified lately, but really been going on for for years? Yes, uh, our community is. You know, we're, we are having these hard conversations, right? You know, there are. Um, folks who don't want to see law enforcement at all. And there are folks, especially seniors, you know, they would like a cop in every corner so they feel safe, mm -hmm. right? There are conversations. And I think we need to be able to listen to both sides of the conversations because I think there's truth in both sides. Um, but I will tell you the challenge that we've had with law enforcement and why sometimes police have not been responsive is the language barrier, right? There have been victims who went in and said, I'm gonna report something. And there isn't somebody who speaks the language who can take the report. Two, I number two, you know, there are times when we don't know what hate crimes is. Well, what are we reporting, right? Um, do we report when somebody gets slapped? Do we, you know, what's the level of physical attack you need to have before you call law enforcement? And, um, we are thinking about, you know, you know, I've had, I have stories now. I mean, you know, I, I said at the city hall meeting, you know, my, in my cell phone inbox, I get 2000 texts a month, you know, and a lot of it is my friend's mom or my friend, you know, my classmate's mom got punched and somebody called her a, a fucking chink and the police said, that's not a hate crime. Right. Um, that's not, that's, so these are the responses that we're getting right mm -hmm. after Christina Lee's death uh police said we don't think it's a hate crime but we're still investigating and more than anything that angered me because it was like if it's not a hate you've already drawn a conclusion of what it is not right but you haven't investigated all of that so your comment should really be it's an ongoing investigation and we'll get back to you versus but it's not a hate crime right it dismisses our community's pain it dismisses what we're feeling and so why, you know, it discourages people from reporting things. The language barriers are an issue, the way, way our pain and what is happening in our community is being communicated to us uh, by law enforcement is a shame, it's, it's shameful, it's shameful. Um, we are, we are confused. Nobody seems to know anything, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, it sounds like from your perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that like we hear often from leaders of, of other communities and especially communities of color in the city, um, that police presence is important, but it has to be done right. It has to be, uh, you know, uh, culturally sensitive, uh, the education has to be there, uh, it has to be, you know, appropriate police presence, but that it's important. Um, and this is obviously the, the sort of balancing act that Mayor Adams has, has said that he will be able to pull off across the city is 
a better, stronger police presence that's also not violating anybody's rights that is, uh, you know, culturally sensitive and, and so forth. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment at this point? I know you, I know you acknowledge there's, there's plenty of difference of opinion within the larger uh, AAPI community in, in New York City. I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment. And, you know, Ben, I, I do want to, uh, I do want to make room for some grace for the mayor, right? This guy's mm-hmm. been at the job for a hot two months now, right? Mm-hmm. And all, you know, um, there's so much happening in those two months, a lot of it has happened. Um, and so some of it is, you know, the mental health crisis, the funding, right? Some of this is from his predecessor. Um, and I was, I did not mince words, words with Mayor de Blasio when he was, you know, when he was at the helm. Um, I will not mince words because I think if we ignore some of these problems, systematic, systemic invest, investments in our communities that are not happening, it puts us in harm's way. Um, and so, you know, I'm always going to be 100%. I'm always going to keep it real. But I do think like this guy's been at the job for what, two months? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and right now, you know, he's, dealing with opening the city. There's unprecedented, you know, the, the crime rates are going up. There's violence, you know, so much violence. Everything is happening all at once, right? And so I, I, I want to be that person that says, um, Mayor, I, I see you, right? I mm-hmm. know that you need an exhale, right? I stop there. Other side of that is, as I told the mayor, Mayor, I don't expect you to know everything because you are not God. I don't expect you to know how to fix all of the stuff, but there are experts in the city. There are experts in the room that we need to be engaged systemically. We need to meet regularly because we need to talk out loud what the problems are and say, I think this is a solution to this. I think this is a solution to this. How do we make all the puzzle pieces fit together to keep the city running and to make people feel safe again? And it's not just a momentary safe, safety you know, measure because there's a cop on the street. But something, you know, you can get on the subway, you can go to work, you can actually go out and enjoy, you know, nightlife in New York City. That's what, you know, we need to get back to, um, you know, whatever life was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Other than, um, you know, again, acknowledging some difference of opinion at times, but other than a, you know, appropriately robust police presence doing proactive work to try to help keep people safe, uh, understanding um, the need to respond appropriately to uh, allegations of of physical violence, of hate crimes, and so forth. Um, Other than that piece, other than the resources for mental health services, obviously, these are two very big pieces. Are there other specifics that are towards the top of your list in terms of the asks from city government, state government? what else are you looking for right now? Uh, we, I, it could be, you know, what you personally think should happen, what the Asian American Federation wants. You're part of this uh, new AAPI equity coalition that put forth a state budget agenda just recently, asking for 64.5 million in uh, in in funding for uh, community sourced AAPI equity budget, as you call it, um, for a variety of things including uh, curriculum in schools. Um, what, what else would you point to in terms of the needs that you're trying to see met through government action? Let's talk about that 
4.5 number, um, mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to delve in. Um, yeah. So the Asian American community has, for the fastest growing in the city, state, country, the investments to our communities, the infrastructure to help essentially the most vulnerable uh, Asian Americans has never been there. Um, you know, at some point we did, several years back, we did a report around all the city contracts going to the Asian American community. At that time, I think Asian Americans were 15% of the population. You know, when we pulled those numbers, I think it was a 13 year span study that we did. Um, we were getting 1.4% of the city contract dollars. And, um, you know, to serve, serve vulnerable Asian Americans, um, those numbers are not, that's, that's a shame, that's a shameful number. Um, and so working against having no money, um, you know, being essentially invisible and, and the, our asks for funding has, has always been the same. See us, see what is going on. We need support. Some of the poorest New Yorkers are Asian Americans. Asian Americans are immigrants. Asian Americans have the highest rate of limited English proficiency, right? I mean, you know, you look at all the statistics and it's all right there. And we, the Federation has been screaming the statistics because we're the research folks. We've been screaming this from the mountaintops for years. We are finally, you know, sadly under the backdrop of anti-Asian hate, we're finally, um, people are starting to finally notice. They're starting to look up, right? I wanna thank Governor Hochul because that investment she made, you know, that was a pretty, pretty bold move. She got in there, she saw what was happening and she, she, you know, she said, yeah, I'm gonna throw in here because I think I, I know exactly what is happening. I wanna support your work. We're asking for the state for this money because $10 million is really nothing. You know, that's just a drop in the bucket. We need mm -hmm. to develop and build infrastructure. We are coming, so social services, communities, our communities are coming from a place of deficit, right? And so finally we have this little, you know, we're finally being able to stand up a little bit. We're asking, we need to be able to strengthen our legs. We want to be able to run. We want to build a foundation. Um, mm -hmm. We want to be able to use the resources so that when these things like the pandemic and anti-Asian hate happens, that we are not scrambling to figure out what's our response as a community, right? That there are built-in communities. Um, we have, you know, you know, at some, before the pandemic, we had three Asians serving mental health clinics, always underfunded. At this point now, with what we're seeing out there with pandemic, with unemployment, with anti-Asian hate, all the anxieties about people going to work and all the economic downturn. Um, I will say that every single one of my member agencies, they're dealing with me mental health and they're dealing with trauma and depression. Everybody's working on this, right? So that's the, that's the investment. We need to figure out Asian American seniors are the fastest growing. Um, and I will say during the, when the pandemic started and people were signing up for food, to, you know, for seniors, they don't have to leave, you know, don't leave your house seniors, we're gonna bring mm -hmm. food to you. And some of the photos that I saw of the food that seniors were getting, granted it's an emergency. Again, I'm trying to be gracious here. Granted mm -hmm. it's an emergency, but the, the photos that I got from my member agencies of what Asian American seniors were getting to eat for the day was shocking. And it was, 
and and when we sat with city leaders to talk about what we were experiencing, the stories from the frontline nonprofits, you know, social workers and you know, hardened, you know, social justice executive directors, they were crying. They were crying because they were so frustrated. They were people were coming to them because they're afraid. They don't know what's happening. They they're hungry, right? And so they're filling out forms to be able to get food to, to you know, to their clients. Um, they, it's it was just a dam that burst that we didn't have any resources to shore up, and so this is to say. Now it's our turn. Now it's our community. We need these resources to be able to provide for people because we cannot sit by and wait for our community to not get the help that we need. Along those lines, uh, your organization, the Asian American Federation, recently announced the launch of a mental health directory uh, to help Asian Americans in New York um, find providers. Uh, can you say a little bit more about what resources you're trying to put out there right now and what you're trying to make sure happens? You know, the, the ask that we just discussed, uh, more than $60 million is a state budget ask that's New state budget is due in just a few weeks, but but that money still you know has to be allocated in the budget, and then eventually it starts to to flow into um, local organizations. But right now, obviously, there's more immediate ask, as you mentioned, you know, getting into the conversation um, with the mayor uh, at this meeting on Monday. Um, uh, other other asks and and clarifications around you know just protocols and policing. Um, but you also just put out this uh, directory. And, and so you're trying to make sure that people are able to access resources that are currently available. Yep. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not, this is a job of the executive director. I'm not sure when, you know, if that's been launched yet. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I don't know if that's an in internal thing, mm -hmm. uh, but I know that it's done, right? And it really is to provide people resources. They need to talk to people. They need to go talk mm -hmm. to experts. And um, the, the four, four mental health programs that the Federation uh, supports, they're beyond overwhelmed. There was always a waiting line uh, to talk to somebody. But now with COVID, uh, with anti-Asian hate crimes, that list, you know, it went from like talking to a, you know, a clinician in three weeks to now you might have to wait three months. So we mm -hmm. know that we have to get resources to people because now it's just not seniors that we're working with. It is now the entire city. So we want to be able to, the resource directory is really to be able to say, here's where you can talk to. And also we thought of, you know, the, the language component, right? Like if you, you know, you, you can't, you know, you can't go to the phone book and pick out, I don't know if they make phone books these days anyway, but you can't go to a phone book and pick out, you know, a, a Cantonese speaking, a Korean speaking mental health expert, you know, that doesn't exist, you know, that doesn't exist. And so we did the heavy lift of finding who are the people who can speak the, speak the language, who can offer services in language, but also with a lot of cultural sensitivity, because you know, this one size fits all approach is not gonna happen. Some communities talk about you know, mental health differently that, than another community. We need to take all of that into account and to be able to provide resources. Um, and so that's a directory. And um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a media you know, what, yeah, you know, no, we got we got it. We just we just got it before, before this uh, yesterday, I believe, before the day we're talking. So it's 
it's up and working now and it looks looks good. I was on the website earlier. So it's awesome. Okay. It's out there. So your work has come to fruition. Yeah. No, I know you're you're extremely busy. Um the the importance of um government representation, if we could just talk for a minute there, you obviously have some real champions from the API community in uh, state government, State Senator John Liu, Assemblymember Yuling New, and others, um, uh, Assemblymember Ron Kim, I, I could go on. But uh, speak a little bit about the importance of that representation and um, and sort of the, the opportunities and challenges of having um, both enough uh, representation and, but also acknowledging that at the at the top levels of city and state government, there, there are not uh, Asian American elected officials in New York City and state and needing to have these strong advocates and, like yourself and like elected officials to sort of to, to break through. And I know you gave credit to the governor for, for hearing that and, and some credit to the mayor and he's just been on the job a short time, but um, if you could speak a little to the importance of that representation, but also still needing to sort of um, ensure that that representation then breaks through to the to the upper levels of government. Absolutely, you know the 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 Asian elected officials. You know why they're so critical. You know representation matters, and why we why they've been such great champions at this time, because this is their lived experience too, right? They have friends and family who are afraid to leave their homes. They know how hard it is to access uh, language accessible services. When they have constituents coming in and saying, you know, I need X, Y, Z, they need to find, you know, where do they send them? If, you know, um, they know where to go. They, they know where to send people because they live in our community. They are, they're our community members. So I think you know they walk in with a lot of information, but Asian American elected elected officials also represent their constituents. And so why I I I you know what is really important for people to remember is um, you don't have to be Asian American to be able to represent an Asian American district, right? I look at Chris Marte who represents Chinatown. You don't have to be New city council member. Oh, city mm -hmm. council. Um, yeah. And. You don't have to be, you, you know, you can be Asian American and serve your entire uh, entire district, right? Uh, this is the walking and chewing gum at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. And I love the fact that Asian American, there are more and more Asian American elected officials um, being elected because, because it shows that, you know, we have talent, we have capacity, we are actively engaging in the civic life of our community um, and that we are capable of leadership. And I think that's a that's a really important statement. And we also show not just Asian American kids, but you know, all kids, you know, leadership comes in different form faces. And they're the people that you can talk to who will always have your back, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important message as well, especially when we think about um, you know, we're always struggling over representation. Uh, but, you know, we celebrated, I remember celebrating John Liu when he first won. Um, and, you know, when I talk to John, I always laugh about the John Liu effect, right? When John was running, all the Asians would come out and vote, you know? Um, now we have Grace Ming, 
who can deny what a powerhouse she's been in Congress. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's all of these amazing leaders, not just representing the Asian American community, but their districts and what is happening and representing well. You know, I am very, very deeply appreciative because I can call Ron Kim and say, here's what I'm, here's where I'm stuck and here's where I'm having a really hard time, right? Obviously I work with Asian American issues. So then when I you know, say this to him, he says, oh, this is X, Y, Z and here are the resources, right? I also wanna thank Linda, Linda Sun, Linda, Linda Hu, who is the, the governor's uh, you know, deputy chief of staff. You know, she's, she's just plugging away up there and there are a lot of, you know, she gets a lot of thank you calls, but she, you know, mostly she gets a lot of angry calls, right? She's mm -hmm. juggling all of this in those, in those rooms, you know, Jeanette Moy is with the governor's office, right? Mm -hmm. We have Asian Americans at city hall in leadership positions. That is really essential because they're, they're leading, but they're also bringing some of the perspective from our communities because it's their lived experience, not just, I heard it from somebody, but I see this when I'm in my neighborhood. I, I, this is what we talk about. This is what we experience in my own home. And I think that's really critical. We're talking here uh, on Wednesday, March 2nd, and we're talking with Joanne Yu, the Executive Director of the Asian American Federation. Just last couple uh, questions, Joanne, thank you. Thank you for all the time. Um, the, the way that um, you, you work with your um, affiliate and member and partner organizations, the Asian American Federation, obviously as a federation, um, has, has many member and partner organizations. Um, as you mentioned, Asian uh, Americans in, in New York City are the fastest growing uh, population, part of the population, uh, roughly 1.7 million Asian New Yorkers at, at this point, uh, based on recent census figures. When you're working with those member and partner organizations, are, is there some key for the sort of next phase of the work as um, Asian American communities in this in the city and beyond continue to grow, um, but also as as we both noted, you know, Asian New Yorkers are living in every community uh, virtually. Um, what's the next sort of phase of that work as a as a federation, as a member organization with so many uh, partner and member orgs? Is it just ensuring this expanded funding that can then get into those community groups or are there next um, you know sort of pieces of the puzzle here to making sure that this robust sort of network of organizations is able to do more for Asian New Yorkers? You know our, what binds us together is just not you know it's 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 our pan-Asian um, identity you know it, we have you know the Bangladeshi community in the Bronx. We have the Arab community in, in South Brooklyn. You know, it's it's huge. Um, what I would say, you know, what binds us together is our frustration that our community we we feel very invisible. Um, you know, and when things happen to our community, we are all there. And, and let me go back. You know, oftentimes people say like, you have so many groups. Why don't you guys all join forces and you know do few big groups, right? because every single nonprofit is uplifting that neighborhood right now, right? So, you know, they're the ones that the, the community goes to to say, I got this piece of paper, what does this mean? Um, or where can I go get the vaccine? I don't know how to use the internet, can you sign me up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're all holding up 
there are neighborhoods and I'm thinking, why can't I, I'd like to figure out how to create 70 more, you know, and I want to go to Staten Island and build a robust network of nonprofits in um, Staten Island because mm-hmm. there's a, you know, the largest Sri Lankan community is there, right? How do I seed a, a, a nonprofit there? Um, one thing that, you know, I think about, we always think about how do we, what are things that our communities are, are challenged together by, right? So when Trump's public charge rule happened, right? And we did a, we did a, a press conference, but we also had to think about what do we tell our community, right? Don't, don't sign up, you know, don't disenroll, help is here. This is a very, very specific thing that, you know, a handful of you will be impacted. That press conference, we had to do it in like seven languages because mm-hmm. every community needed to hear that. We, every community, community needed to hear the messaging right from trusted people and they you know if you speak arabic this is where you go to get additional help if you speak korean this is where you go right um you know we it's the it's you know nothing nothing you know joins us together than being invisible together i guess but i think Mm. one of the things that one of the things that we are um uh we are you know we work well together nobody is going to be people you know when you have nothing you share you know it's they always that saying about the poor people are the ones who share right Mm -hmm. um we share resources they do cross-reference right they share experiences there's a lot of solidarity and empathy work that is happening sympathy and empathy work that is happening oh your organization does this can you teach me how to do that because how should i frame it right like Mm -hmm. that coalition work of having people get in the room to share experiences that's happening we've the Federation has convened the very first, in New York State, the very first seniors working group uh, because our seniors are growing. And we need to think about what do they need? What are the policy asks we need to think about? How do we give our seniors the respect to age in their neighborhoods? Um, how do we make them feel safe? How do we make sure they get food? What are the policies we need to advance? So these are the working groups. And you know, it's not just you know the Chinese community, the Korean community, but pulling people together because everybody ages, we all have seniors in our community. That is a shared interest of mm-hmm. how do we make sure that we do the best for our community and how do we share resources and how do we advocate together? I think that's what you know, we're most proud of. Final, final question, um, and, and maybe for this one, you need to sort of t- take your um, hat off as executive director of the Asian American Federation and, and, and sort of put that aside for a second if possible, but there's been this, and I think you just spoke to it about the ongoing feeling of invisibility. There's obviously the the violence trends um, and, and so much more uh, as you and and the new coalition and you previously at the Asian American Federation have you know talked about underfunding and and talked about this new ask for um, more you know closer closer to adequate funding for uh, local AAPI groups. Um, all of that. There's this recent trend in the city of Asian voters moving more towards voting Republican. Uh, we just we saw this in the mayor's race last year. Um, pretty well documented trend. There's a lot of talk about this entering the 2022 election cycle. Um, what do you attribute that to, and and what kind of you know message do you think that that sends? Um, politically and do you think that that's a trend that's sort of here to stay at least for this this year in new york given all these circumstances 
was a trend that I saw coming um, for several years now. Um, and it's here. Uh, it's something that we, we can't avoid. Um, I think it is any community. There is, you know, there's, a, you know, the Democrats, the, the Republicans, there are the progressives, right? Um, every community's political views run the gamut. Um, the Asian American community, um, obviously, you know, many in our community disagreed with, you know, what was happening in the de Blasio administration, some of the policies. I think they, that this is some of the reaction is happening. Um, and, and I'm going to say this is shame on the Democrats for taking the Asian American community for granted, you know? I think even Congressman Meng had tweeted, you know, this is shame on you. You, you know, mm -hmm. um, you never did any outreach, right? There are no language in language materials provided. So you gave uh, conservatives a chance to come in, right? And to be able to uh, organize them. You know, this is a question that needs to go to the democratic leadership. What do they plan to do about it? But for the Asian American Federation, you know, there are common points that we need to think about, right? Whether you're Democrat or Republican, public safety is an issue. Lack of resources is an issue, right? We need to, I, you know, we really need to look at, look at, you know, those common points. We need to start to have a conversation as a community, right? And not just to say, I'm a leadership position, so therefore I'm gonna tell you what you should think, right? But the best policy ideas come from people getting together to say, here's, here, here is a problem. What's the solution? How do we start to navigate these conversations, right? Because I'm sure what the conservatives are gonna tell me and why they're fearful, right? It's something I already know because I feel the same way. And these are the points that we need to acknowledge, right? We can be on opposite spectrums of the political debate, right? Political parties, mm -hmm. but, but the reality is that there's a shared reality of we, we are who we are, right? We, you know, our faces, you know, the fact that we're perpetual foreigners, you know, I can, I can, you know, and the fact that like, we're always asked, why is your English so good? Because where are you really from, right? Those are the questions that are never going to go away. And so how do we start to um, say, no, you can't ask us that because we're Americans, right? So I want to focus on, for me, the point that we need to focus on, and that is where the gap is, is to bring our community together, to have more, to have regular chatter, you know, it's not about um, are you are you a conservative or a Democrat? But there's an issue in our community. How do you think we should work on it together? And, mm -hmm. and we need to really, really listen. But I think this question is most appropriate for the the, the Democrat leadership. How yeah. have they failed us, right? And how do they? How do you? And not just the Asian American community, the Black and the Latino community too. How do how do you? You can't take us for granted anymore because we're we're seeing how this politics is playing out, and we're angry. Very interesting. Um, Joanne Yu is the executive director of the Asian American Federation. Joanne, um, hang in there and um, and thank you very much for the time and thoughts here and uh, be safe and, and be well. Thank you so much, Ben. You too.